Welcome back to the 4A Podcast. We're inching closer and closer to actual baseball happening. There's always players that you're excited for going into a new season, whether that be breakouts, new rookies, or veterans. Today, we're bringing that to you. Talking baseball. Um, it's been a minute. I'm back from my vacation. It is just good to be back. Uh, I'm excited about it. I've put a lot of prep time into this, so I'm extremely excited to talk about these players. There's a, a lot of players to be excited for for this season. It was hard to narrow down to just one for each team. So, Stabs, you want to talk us through what we're doing today? So basically, what we decided to do was go through each team. We have, of course. 30 teams, 30 players. One, we picked one player, each of us. Some of them probably will have some overlap because some teams just don't have a lot of players to really talk about. But um, we're going to narrow down to one player that we like kind of and just overall who is the player we're most excited for for each team at, at this upcoming season. Who are the players that we have our eyes on and that think that we think are going to maybe break out, maybe slump anything in between yeah so we're gonna kick it over to the ales to kick it off kind of go chronologically by division chronologically if that's a thing uh instead you want to kick it off with your blue jays okay off the blue jays so there was a couple different guys i looked at but ultimately i came to uh dalton bar show they obviously they just went out they traded uh gabriel moreno and lourdes Correll jr for him those aren't any, those aren't two crazy names, but they are two very like important names. Um, so he's a guy that can play a multitude of positions and it gives Alejandro Kirk kind of a couple or more days off, um, which I think will be very, very good for the, an all-star catcher. Um, and again, he's a lefty bat. We've talked about it. The Blue Jays needed lefty bats and he's going to fill that role very, very nicely. Nice. Yeah, I think that if he... If he is what he was in the Diamondbacks, then he'll be fine. Uh, there's a lot of batted ball data that suggests that he's going to regress a little bit, which, again, if he's still slightly above league average and having that defense, he's a big impact bat for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I was on a little bit different of a page than you. I went with Alec Manoa. Uh, I said that he kind of – we just need to see if he's the real deal. Like, obviously, last year he finished top five in Cy Young voting, but again, there is, like, some rookies that it flukes, and they succeed more than they actually will throughout the rest of their career. Um, and the window for the Blue Jays is kind of like right now. They've got like two or three years left, and it's time to put up or shut up. So I was kind of on the page of Alec Manoa. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you, Stevs, but when you have a team with players like Bo Bichette, Matt Chapman, uh, Vladdy Jr., I mean, these are like these really good power bats. This team does not struggle on the offensive side of things. I think I think Brad's right in saying that Alec Manoa is going to be a big piece. I think another starter that could have a comeback season, which would be very impactful, would be Jose Barrios, just because he was so bad last season. Um, and I think you're looking for at least consistent pitching from your starting your fourth starting pitcher. Um, so I think if you can get consistent, consistent innings, uh, lower injuries, and lower ERA, I think you're looking at a way better pitcher. Yeah, I mean, that's those stats being lower does lead to a better pitcher. Yeah. Um, but another team that kind of struggles in that pitching department, but it's going to be a little bit worse than the Blue Jays, that Boston Red Sox. Uh, did any of us have a pitcher for them? No, nah, I, I didn't. No, not at all. Uh, all right. So, Tom, who'd you have for them? 
I had Devers. He has something to prove. I mean, he just signed the long extension. I'm, I'm agreeing with Stevs here. Um, I mean, this this is a guy that's going to have to perform. I mean, he just made a lot of money. So, uh, yeah. Again, Tom kind of threw my guess out there, but I 100% think it's Rafael Devers. I'm kind of curious if he's gonna kind of have like a slump after the extension, like some players kind of have. They go out, they get that big money, and they regress slightly. So I'm gonna definitely be tracking that Fangraphs has them slumping but they kind of are notorious to for having them kind of having like underperforming stats coming into the coming into the season mm-hmm. um the only other player I kind of debated about was Yoshida I wasn't really sure like what to expect from him though but I think Devers is kind of he is the face of the Boston Red Sox so you kind of have to watch him yeah I think I I agree with you with Devers there I went with Tristan Casas just because like lineup depth if they're not going to pitch, you got to have lineup depth. And if Casas, Casas isn't that piece, then they're screwed. I mean, not that they're not anyways without story. But, again, the Boston Red Sox are uh, very far from contention right now. And so it would be exciting to see if their star that they did extend is that guy or not. Um, I think the best signing of this offseason was the Yankees picking up Carlos Rodon. Um, yeah, Tom, you guys lost Carlos Rodon. Um so if Carlos Rodon's healthy, then the Yankees will have the best one-two punch in baseball, if not like a top five one. Uh, they have a chance to finish first and second in signing voting, which is very, very, very reasonable. And something that I saw interesting is that last year he had six expended home runs at Yankee Stadium, but he let up 12 in total. Um, but if Rodon's not healthy, the Yankees will be in third place, if not worse. Yeah, I think I think that pitching rotation, staying healthy the, for the full season is going to be the most important thing. I think you got bats now. I mean, you brought back Judge. I don't think the offense is going to really struggle that much. I think you're relying on the starting rotation to be consistent. And obviously now it is one of the best, if not the best, in all of baseball. So I think relying on Carlos Rodon, that one-two punch, is the most important thing. I think we all agree on this. It's, it's Rodon. It's hard to not say Judge for the Yankees just because he is the face of the Yankees, but I kind of expect him to take a step back from his last season, which again was a historic season. So that's not really surprising, but judge does definitely does have more offensive help. I would say this year than last year um, with the, the rookies coming up and stuff like that, but it's, that's definitely Rodon. He's kind of the core piece to that Yankees rotation. Yeah. And just looking at it, it looks like we were kind of in disagreement for the Orioles. We both love ourselves some rookies our one former rookie now in his second year, one competing for rookie of the year. I went with Adley Rutschman because it's time to see if he's the real deal. He has the potential to become the best catcher in baseball this season. And I would be shocked if he wasn't top 10 in MVP voting this year. Um, If Rutschman's as good as he was last year, the Orioles have a legitimate chance at the postseason. I definitely agree with that. I debated going with him, but I went with Gunnar Henderson strictly based off the fact that he is the rookie of the year candidate and he's going to have to be an anchor for that middle infield. Um, it's it's going to be cool to kind of see that Adley Rushman, Gunnar Henderson kind of duo that I think will form and kind of the MLB will learn to love. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to see a rookie of the year campaign for a guy of Gunnar Henderson's caliber. I think these two guys definitely overshadow Grayson Rodriguez. I think it's easy to, especially when these two guys are, are going to be favorites for, I mean, obviously, Ali Rushman's favorite to be top five in catching. Um, Gunner's going to be, Gunner's like the absolute favorite for rookie of the year. So it's easy to look over Grayson Rodriguez, but I honestly think he has his stuff. And in such a weak um, starting five rotation, it's it's important for him to play well. I think even more important than these two position players. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think that it's just looking at excitement levels. I think Gunnar Henderson is going to be more flashy on the field than Grayson Rodriguez would be. But then again, like I'm in and most of my list you will see is pitching. Uh, I think we all went pitching route for the Rays. Uh, Stevs, where'd you go? Uh, I went with Tyler Glass now. Coming off of his injury last season, I think he needs to come back and have a good season for the Rays. Um, he only pitched, what, like two games last year? Four. Um, four? Okay. Um, and he's he's expected to pitch 28 games over and 160 innings over those 28 games. Um, I, I think for this Rays team to be good, you need Tyler Glass now to be good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I said that Shane McClanahan has to repeat what he did. Uh, he looked like the Cy Young winner before his injury derailed him. Um, and he struggled a little bit against good teams. Like you saw in the All-Star game, he kind of got lit up a little bit. Um, but if the Rays are going, at, like they're going to Ray, and if they Ray successfully, he needs to be a huge part of it. I agree with Glass now in that same situation there. Like they both have to play their parts in a pretty significant role. Yeah. Yeah. And this Rays team is known for their pitching, but they're not known for their bats. I mean, I, th- I think we're looking for a bounce back season from um, Wander Franco. I mean, am I correct? He had a bit of a down season, uh, a lot of, a lot of injuries, obviously, but I think, I think I'm looking forward to seeing a full season of Wander Franco without any injuries or without any slumps. Yeah, I can see that hundred percent. So that wraps up our AL East. We're going to head over to the AL central and where do you want to kick it off? I think we have to start with the train wreck that was the White Sox last year. So for me, I think the player that I am most excited to watch this year from the White Sox is Tim Anderson. He's kind of, he's the face of of the White Sox franchise and he needs to be a shining light in this organization in a time of turmoil, right? Because last year was a very, very bad season for the White Sox. They're in a culture change now with Tony La Russa leaving. So I think Tim Anderson's the guy you need to watch, not necessarily from a statistical standpoint, but from a on the field, off the field kind of role model type scenario. I can see that. I went with Dylan Cease. Um, if he does not repeat what he did last year, the right, the White Sox are out of contention. Uh, he needs to solidify himself as their ace. I mean, he did a very good job at that last year. He very mer- like he just missed out on the Cy Young Award. But if he regresses at all, then the White Sox are in a really bad spot right now. Yeah, I went I went with Dylan Cease as well. Um, obviously, a pitcher that needs to replicate a season. He really cut down on, uh, I mean, a, a lot of things. I mean, last season he just upped the strikeouts, lowered hits. He was just a better pitcher, uh, and he, if he can keep that going. Then, then the White Sox would be a good team. That's fair. Uh, another pitcher that kind of improved last year was Tristan McKenzie of the Guardians. Um, I really like Tristan McKenzie, you know, the whole Rolex situation. Um, I said he's just a quality arm that needs to provide some consistency behind Shane Bieber. Uh, and all the peripherals point to him getting waxed last season, but he outperformed it. Uh, and I honestly hope he does it again. I like him. I think he's good for baseball. So I, I think it, and he could be exciting. He's young and he seems passionate about pitching and he shows that on the mound. And I appreciate someone like that. I definitely like Tristan McKenzie. I'm not going to argue with you on that point, but I went with Josh Bell strictly partially, partially because of Nat's bias, but um, he's kind of this older captain um, type of role now on this young guardians team. 
um, and he can kind of mentor these guys. And he's also just going to bring a lot of fun energy to the clubhouse and a lot of pop um, in the lineup itself. I I went with my, my favorite player on the Guardians, Emmanuel Classe, the best closer in baseball. Um, and he's been very consistent throughout his whole career. He's going to continue to get better. And obviously – with such a good um such a good team now on paper, you're gonna need someone to close the door every game. And I think Emmanuel Classe is probably the safest guy to do that in all of baseball. He really doesn't he doesn't scare me like other closers do. Yeah, I kinda I think the only thing that scares me about him is the fact he doesn't strike people out a ton. Like he's just over nine strikeouts per nine. Um, so obviously like he he's a bad ball, but those balls in play are weak, very weak, especially when they're hundred two mile an hour cutters coming into your hands. Um, for the twins, I went with another pitcher. I was Joe Ryan. Um, and it's time that he takes over as the ace of the twins. Uh, he has one of the best fastballs in baseball. It's, and, but the issue with that is his off speed is horrible. It is almost borderline unusable. Um, but if a slider's active spin can increase from something more than 26% to something competitive, i.e. like the mid forties, you're looking at a breakout, exciting pitcher, that the Twins really need if they want to compete because I don't think the Twins are a wild card team. It's AL Central or bust. I can definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, for me, again, I'm kind of more hitter friendly. Brad's more pitcher friendly. So I went with Carlos Correa. I mean, after his crazy offseason that he had, kind of all eyes are on him. Um, and he just needs to play. Uh, he needs to play well enough to standards. He doesn't need to be this crazy out there player but he needs to be on the field consistently and he needs to play at a at a comparable level to what he did last season yeah i mean staying on the exact same page i went with a closing pitcher um another young closing pitcher in uh, john duran um i like watching him pitch he's got nasty stuff I mean, the fact that his slider touches like night. Well, no, it's the uh, splitter that touches the splinker. The splinker. The split. This he's he's made his own pitch. It's just entertainment. I really enjoy watching this guy pitch, and this is a guy I'm gonna have my eye on the whole season. I agree with that. I think just high velo guys with like a nasty breaking pitch are just fun to watch because they just tool with hitters. Uh, a guy who struggled with those last year. I went for the Tigers, Spencer Torkelson. Uh, it's make or break time. Um, if he, if he shows up for the Tigers, I could see the Tigers being like last year's Orioles. Cause I think it's safe to say that we all have the Tigers with over 90 losses right now. Um, if he can show up, then maybe they'll, they'll do what the Orioles did last season. And as we talked about in previous episodes, his hard hit rate suggests future success. So maybe it's time that that success kicks in. I think it's only a matter of time. I think it's. I think he had the biggest spotlight on him of all time. I mean, he was a very high prospect. I mean, number one in the draft, number one Tigers prospect for like three years. Comes up to fill the shoes of Miguel Cabrera, who is now aging and almost gone. And he was not that guy. Um, but now the spotlight has moved on to the other rookies. I think it's his time to shine. And I think you really can't get much worse than this. So, yeah, it's his time. I think Tom said it perfectly. You really cannot get much worse than Spencer Torkelson last season. And it's, he has to take the next step forward. I think definitely the lowered, oh my God, the lowered walls um, are going to help a lot um, from him, from just a, a, just a batting standpoint, he'll hit more home runs and stuff like that. The honorable mention obviously is Miguel Cabrera as this will be his last season. And so it's kind of 
it's fun to watch a player in his last season kind of get those, oh, farewell. It's like a farewell tour, right? He is projected to do better in nearly every statistic. So Spencer Torgelson is the player to watch in the Tigers. I don't really think there's another player you can pick. Talking about young stars taking those next steps, let's go over to the Royals, and I have Bobby Wood Jr. I'm excited to see him take that next step, and I fully expect him to be the one of the Royals All-Stars this year. And is this is this unanimous? Brad, are you, are you for Bobby Witt? Because I am for Bobby Witt. And Brad, I, I'm going to go on my Bobby Witt rant really quick, and then you go ahead. I think Bobby Witt is on a 30-30 watch. I think he is he, he will be one of those batters that will be threatening 30-30 season. Um, he's fast on the bases. Obviously, with the new rules, it might be easier for him to steal those bases. Um, and he has power. And he, he's, he has all the makings of a star. And in a team that doesn't have much going for them, uh, he will have the biggest spotlight on him. Uh, I went with the Italian nightmare, the Pasquatch, Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, if he had been qualified, a qualified hitter last year, he would have ranked 10th in the league and expected Woba, which is pretty good for a rookie. Um, I think he's going to come up and be a monster because that's all he's done in the minor leagues is just hit. And I think the Royals are going to outperform some expectations. I don't think they're playoff contender by any means, but when you have a solid first baseman who plays okay defense, but can hit the ball ridiculously hard, like competing with the best hitters in the league, then you've got a pretty good bat right there. And lastly, I think that, that, no, that was it. That was, that was it. No, that, was, that, that, that wrapped up the central. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yep. Um, and so we're going to go to the West, and I just want to kick it off with a team that literally no one cares about. They might lose 110 games. The Athletics. Yes. Three, Dude. two, one. Shintaro Fujinami. Shintaro Fujinami. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, There's I was no. gonna say it. I just couldn't pronounce it, but I was right there with you. Yeah, uh, Shintaro Fujinami. That that that's the only Athletics player that anyone should be watching. Yeah, and he probably, he, hopefully, if things go right, he won't he, be is, there. he will not again, be an Athletic by the end of the, the season. No, but Brad and I talked about it last episode. This this is a guy that has a lot of upside, and it's very it'll be very helpful for him to go to this athletics organization. It can help him kind of fix his his control issues and stuff like that. And hopefully, he can get flipped at the deadline. It'll help out the athletics, and then he gets to go to possibly a contending team and pitch in the postseason. Yeah, I think that we talked about it. If you want to go listen to it, go listen to episode 29. We'll talk, we did a full breakdown of Shintaro Fujinami, but high ceiling, low floor. And if the low floor kicks in, it just makes the athletics even worse. Yep. Um, I think we kind of disagree in the Astros realm a little bit here. Um, I think that he, this guy gets routinely slept on and is a perennial MVP candidate in the name of Kyle Tucker. Plays great defense, great bat, can steal bases. He's smart on the base pass too. Like he's a smart base runner and there's some people, is there some things you just can't teach in in baseball? And one of those things is being a smart base runner. We have friends who couldn't learn how to be smart base runner. Um, And Kyle Tucker has that. And I think that has so much value today, especially from a player who doesn't look flashy. Yeah. And I, I think when you have a down season, which he did have a down season compared to 2021, when you have a down season, still hitting 30 home runs, stealing 25 bases, that's still, incredibly incredibly impressive and i think that was a bad season i think we're going to see kyle tucker make that jump back up to all-star level but i went with a different option uh i think this might be one of stev's options but i went with christian javier this guy is fan gold this guy is baseball savant gold this all analytics point to this guy 
being great next season. Um, he has the stuff. He has the pitches. Um, and he proved to be a very good pitcher last year. And I think no one's really talking about him because he's always overshadowed by Justin Verlander. And I think now this is time to step up and become the, the starting pitcher one. So for me, it was the discussion of Lance McCullers, Christian Javier, or Framber Valdez. One of them has to take that next step and to be the starting pitcher one now that Verlander is gone. Um, my, I was leaning it, it McCullers is out of the question in my opinion, but he was the third guy. Um, it, it's Javier or Valdez. I like Valdez a little more than Javier. Javier has been one of my favorite Astros since he came up in what, what was that? 20, 2020. I've, I've loved his stuff since he was a rookie and I think he can do it. I mean, what MLB net was it MLB network or just MLB in general predicted that he would be the Cy Young this year. Like, he has the stuff and people know he has the talent to do it. It's just whether or not that he can do it. So for me, it's, it's, it's Christian Javier from Bovaldez. I will be watching both of them. It's more for the Astros. For me, it's more of a race of who's going to be the starting pitcher one than one player in general. Yeah. And I, I think, I think we're going to move on to a team with so many new faces that we can't really choose someone to watch. Um, and that is the Texas Rangers. I don't really know exactly who to pick just because there's so many new faces on this team. But I think the one that stands out above all is Jacob deGrom. Obviously, he is the move that will make or break this team. If he's healthy for a full season, they will be contending for a wild card spot. And I say wild card spot because the Astros have already got locked down the division, but they will be fighting for a wild card spot. Um, what do you guys think? It's definitely it's. In my opinion, at least, it's definitely Degrom. I mean, is is it's a new place? He, is he gonna be the same Degrom or not? Like that's the question. It's can he still be Degrom and can he still be healthy? Like, if he can, he's the true X factor of this Rangers Rangers team. If he can be healthy, the Rangers will be good. If he can't be healthy, the Rangers will be absolutely terrible. Last year, whenever Jacob Degrom pitched. I would turn on the TV and watch. I have one other picture that I do that for, and that's Clayton Kershaw. I think that it goes it goes without question. When Jacob DeGrom pitches, you turn on the TV and you tune in. I think that there is there any other pitcher in baseball you do that for? Scherzer. I didn't even think about that. I actually I, I realized I watched I think every single Jacob DeGrom start last season. That's yeah. Yeah. He is very fun for to watch. me. It, it's Scherzer. Just because he again, Nat's Nat's legend in my opinion. So, yeah, and Angels. Which is which? One of the two guys did you guys go with? Okay, so so hear me out. There is more than just the two guys that I would be wanting to watch. One of them, Nat's bias, Anthony Rendon. Obviously, I want to see how Tyler Anderson can do on this Angel Angels team. Um, and then obviously it's Mike Trout or Shohei Otani. I lean I lean towards Trout because we know Shohei Otani will just be infinitely good. Mike Trout needs to be healthy and he needs to continue to. He's the face of the league. Well, he's not the face of the league, but he is the best player in the league. Like he needs to be on this Angels team if they want a chance at the at, at the playoffs. Yeah, but you just you can't you can't forget about the title of this episode. This is players that you want to watch, and I think Shohei Otani is the most entertaining player in the league. I when when Shohei's playing, especially when he's pitching and hitting at the same time, you're you're getting this constant action from him. I, I think there's a sleeper pick, obviously Brandon Drury. I think is flying under the radar here, um, but I think it's obviously between Trout and Trout and Shohei, and Shohei just gets that entertainment factor so much higher. Yeah, it's just. 
I think we hope, knock on wood, praise the All Fathers, whatever you got to do, Shohei Otani will be healthy. But you got to do the same for Mike Trout. If you can get a full healthy season of prime Trout and prime Otani, I, that's got to be a recipe for postseason, right? With the they've built up where the people behind the lineup are league average hitters, not below average, which is progress for the Angels. I think just watching Mike Trout because everyone wants to see him be historic. Like everyone that is a true baseball fan wants Mike Trout to be the best of all time. And he needs to be healthy in order to do that. And when he's on the field, he's ridiculously fun to watch. So I went with Mike Trout and another guy really, really, really fun to watch. Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. Are we all in agreement? Uh, I like that, and I agree with it. But I want to say Oscar Hernandez just because they did go out and they traded for him. So he's very – he is – They obviously they see something in him. They wanted him for a reason. They need to – he needs to show why they went out and got for him. And obviously he still needs to sign that arbitration deal, but that's another thing. That's fair. I mean, th- this guy next season is going to be good. He's going to be something. He's another player on that 30-30 watch. I mean, he almost hit. He almost did it in his rookie season, and that was with missing 30 games. So, I mean, that's an easy 30-30 season if you get a whole season out of Julio Rodriguez. And he is just fun to watch. So you were Rodriguez or Hernandez? He's, he's, he's I was Rodriguez. Okay, okay. He, he, yeah. You just kind of started talking, and it sounded like you were going with, with Teoscar Hernandez. And then... Oh, no, definitely. No, no, no. You I mean, he's, he's also ridiculously fast. He doesn't yeah. steal much. Um, I think there's the Mariners are so good. Like the AOS is going to be fun, but it's just going to be the Astros and who most likely the Mariners. Yeah. But you, the Rangers and the angels both have a recipe to get there. And, but with the NL East, I think there's only three teams that have any ounce of a chance. So we're just going to knock out the two that don't matter. The nationals. Okay, you know what, Brad? That hurt. I'm gonna be honest. That was that was painful. Um, okay, so I I could sit here and I could talk about the Nats all day. There are players across the board that I will be watching because I am a Nats fan. Um, they are both not looking because I'm gonna rant for a little while, and that's fine. Um, th- so my options went from C.J. Abrams to Josiah Gray to Patrick Corbin, Luis Garcia, and Jeter Downs. Those are all the guys that I will definitely be turning on the television and watching and hoping to see some sort of progression from them. Obviously Corbin was terrible last year. So any upgrade would be very, very helpful. I want to see Josiah Gray continue to get better. He needs to pitch better in order for the, in order for this Nats team to work. Um, Luis Garcia, hopefully he can take a walk more than like once or twice in a year. And then Jeter Downs, I just I really like him. The I wanted him last year, and they does the the Red Red Sox designated for assignment, so we were able to pick him up that way. Now the player I am going with is C.J. Abrams, of course. He is kind of the young star on a team desperate for a star, and he needs to continue to take the next step. Obviously, he's still small, so he needs to grow and build the muscle. And I think this year he definitely can do that. He is projected to take that next step and nearly every statistic. And I just hope that he can do it. I I definitely am excited to see him on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball this year. Yeah. I mean, the biggest, what if for me is what if Joey Manessis got a full rookie season, you know, what if he didn't come up midway through and I I'm excited to see a full season of him. I'm, I'm excited to see if he can actually keep that up for a whole season. Cause he only, he only played what, like 60 games. Sounds about right. 
yeah, so I mean, if you if you get a full season out of him and he can keep that production up, that's a very good batter. I mean, this is a very, I mean, he he can hit the ball. That is his job. Yeah. Um, so, a guy who kind of struggled with hitting the ball was Dom Smith. I think that he's just going to be exciting for the Nationals, whether he's good or not. And if he's good, whether they trade him at the deadline or look towards extension talks. Um, I think that there's a fair argument for both sides of it there. Uh, Stabs, which would you prefer if Dom Smith is succeeding by the trade deadline? If Dom Smith, what, he's 28, I want to say? Sounds right. So if he's succeeding, I think you could extend him for – because you're not going to get that much for him. Like how well succeeding is, is that, I guess, my question. Like if he is like a somewhat serviceable day-to-day player, if he breaks out and becomes an all-star. If he is 10% above league average. I would rather hold on to him because you're not going to get anything for him. You, you, you could sign him to a five-year deal with probably some – uh, exceptions and opt-outs and stuff like that and you could have him and then maybe possibly if he continues that trade him later on for more prospects yeah i can 100 percent see that i think that the nationals just need to not mess up this trade deadline they just need they need to keep building upon what they're doing they don't get me wrong as a nats fan i'm i'm upset at what has happened the past couple seasons but i'm not like angry about it because I know we weren't going to win anything and you just need you need to keep seeing progress in the young stars and you need to keep seeing the front office making good moves and you need the learners to sell those are the things if you're a Nats fan that you need the Washington Nationals organization to do yeah so moving on to the other bad team in that division the Miami Marlins Uh, I went with Brian De La Cruz he was a rookie last season he didn't have a great rookie season on the back of a baseball card but on baseball savant, it loves him. He was the 80 to 82nd percentile for average exit velocity. He's in the 90th percentile for expected WOBA, and which he outperformed his regular WOBA by 42 points. So it kind of shows you that he's like a legitimate stud of a baseball player. He's got a great arm strength, not great defense. So we're if he can just be an ounce of a star and an ounce of a good bat for the Marlins, that is a great piece for them. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely fills that power archetype. You know, you know, it's like you're you're looking at a player with high exit velo, high arm strength. I don't know about the speed, but this guy is just waiting to break out. Um, I went with the safer option, Jazz Chisholm. I I think we've I mean we've had yet to have we've had yet to see a full season from this guy. Um, and I think when we do see a full season from him, I think he will be the first second baseman since Ian Kisler all the way back in 2011 to hit a 30-30 season as a second baseman. He is he is going to be that guy to do it. If any if any second baseman's going to do it, it's going to be him. Um, I, I agree with you. I definitely think Jazz Chisholm is the is the option that I want to I want to go with. Um, he's running out of time to step into that stardom, um, like role. Like, cause I remember for the past couple of years, Aiden and I like we we do we have our fantasy league that we do for baseball, and Aiden and I keep like arguing over jazz chisholm and we both think he's going to take that next step and he really hasn't like he's flashy he's young he's very good he's he's almost 25 at this point but he needs to take that step into into superstardom i think if not this season the following season we need to watch that i'm shocked you didn't go with sandy though tom i really thought you were gonna go with with i mean sandy i i obviously like watching him play but i i 
I saw a full season. I saw a very long season from Sandy Alcantara. And I mean, this is this is a guy I like watching. It was it was him and Jazz Chisholm. I, I turn on the TV to watch Sandy. His 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 break is crazy. I love watching him pitch. Um, but Jazz Chisholm is just going to be electric this season. Yeah. Um I with the Mets here, we're going I went Edwin Diaz. Speaking of electricity, yeah. if he's not the same, are the Mets the same? No. No. Not even a little bit. Yeah. Like, I think the Mets are the most volatile of them, Phillies, and Braves. Yes. I, yeah, they're definitely the most fragile, I would say. I, I agree. Um, I, but for what do you what do you think, Tom? I mean, I said I, I, I know on on the first start this guy gets, I'm going to turn the TV on. It's Kodai Senga. I'm going to turn the TV on and watch him pitch. It I'm just I really would like to see the flamethrower. I want to see him. I it, it's just someone that the whole world is waiting to see, and he has very high expectations, especially in New York. Uh, I I mean I definitely agree with that. I almost went with saying that he needs to be an anchor for this more aged uh Mets starting rotation, and I think he can do that. But I went with Brett Beatty again. He's the clear winner of this Carlos Correa not signing with the Mets. Um. And he has a clear path to be a star on a championship contending team. And I think he he will be. He's a rookie of the year candidate. He isn't projected to do anything over the top crazy, but I don't think the Mets need him to do anything over the top crazy. They need him to be a very good player. And that's what I think he can do. Yeah. And I you hope that prospects fan. It just doesn't seem like Cohen cares about prospects. It really doesn't. It, it doesn't. But I mean, I feel like I don't I feel at this point, like you need to give Brett Beatty a chance. And I, I think if, if Cohen does, he's not going to regret it with him. And a guy in his walk here from the Philadelphia Phillies is Aaron Nola. I love Aaron Nola. I think he's almost a top five pitcher in baseball. You look at the league and he was either first or second in strikeout to walk ratio last year. He was above eight strikeouts per walk, which is ridiculous. Every full season since 2019 or since 2018, He's gone 200 innings, and he struck out almost 200 batters, if not 200 batters. That's a pretty good pitcher right there. Like, I, I'm a big Aaron Nola person. I think that he's a big X factor for the Phillies, and he's fun to watch, especially when he's dominating. I don't remember if you remember the Mets game a couple years ago where he struck out nine straight. Um, that was pretty exciting to watch, and he has that potential. Obviously, we didn't really get to see it on full display in this postseason. He wasn't that fantastic, but he's a great everyday regular season starter. 100%. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see Gregory Soto in a Phillies jersey. I think pitching out in 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 um in Detroit might be a little bit depressing. I mean, his statistics started falling off more recently. Um, but I think maybe a change of scenery, especially to a contending team, might be the motivation he needs. Um, I mean, he was pretty electric on the Tigers. I mean, obviously, he's one of those All Stars that probably made the All Star game because he was on the Tigers. But I think you put him in this rotation. I mean, you put him in this bullpen, and he's going to level up. Uh, I went with another new addition for this Phillies team. It's it's Trey Turner. Was there any ever, was there any doubt that I was going to go with Trey Turner? I mean, he's my favorite player. I will turn on the TV to watch Trey Turner play anytime I can. Um, he should be able to thrive in this uh, in the Phillies wrote or in the Phillies roster. And he is back on the East Coast, so he's more at home. And on top of that, he gets to play with his best friend and Bryce and until Bryce is back at midseason into the late season, he's the star of the Phillies, in my opinion, at least. 
or at least on the batting side, because I could see the argument for Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola as well. But he is the best player on this Phillies team until Bryce Harper is back. And I don't think there's really a question in that. And so I'm just excited to see him just play and honestly look, because I think he'll be a lot happier here than he was with the Dodgers. And he's, again, he's just an incredible player. Like it, you, he can do everything on a baseball field and that's really what you want. Yeah. yeah I, I think mean, Trenner is good. I got to watch him Bradley. last season. So that was nice. Um, watch yourself. Uh, I enjoyed him on the Dodgers. And I think it'll be fun to watch on the Phillies, especially as he's beating up on the Nationals, which is something the Phillies will be doing this season. Very, very often. With that, let's head over to the Atlanta Braves. They are pretty much, I think, between all three of us, the consensus best team in the NL East. Um, For me, I went with Ronald Acuna Jr. He was clearly not 100% healthy last year, um, as evident in his lackluster defense. Um, Hopefully he can, he is hundred percent healthy. I know he's, he's participating in the world baseball classic, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, and he is projected to play better in nearly every statistic. So hopefully he will play better in nearly every single statistic. When Ronald Acuna Jr. is good, is playing well, it's better for baseball. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Braves, they're, they're the best team in the East. There's not a question right now. Um, I think that Spencer Strider is not what he showed last year. I think he is not, he's the strikeout pitcher. Like he's going to strike out a ton of batters. I just don't think he's the type of ERA pitcher that we saw. Um, he's obviously a gamer. Like you saw how he went with the Mets. He had like the start where he had the, they got the Mickey mouse hits and he called them out on it. And then he shut them down next start. Uh, I'm really concerned about that oblique injury though. I think it definitely has potential to hinder him a little bit, but if he does make a full recovery, obviously you've seen what Spencer Schreider can be. Uh, so I went with Spencer Schreider and he's electric. Like when he's on, he's on. Yeah. And he fair. thrives against those good lineups too. Um, I would say him or Max Freed. I think, I think the starting rotation is something else. I think the top two, this one, two punch is in the running for the best one, two punch in baseball. Um, and I think by the end of the season, we will see that because I think Max Fried might be the Cy Young candidate for me. Yeah. And so that kind of wraps up our AL East and we're going to, NL East. Yeah. It's been a long week. <laughs> and so heading over to the it's NL Central. Day. Yep. There it is. Um, heading over to the NL Central, we have the forefront Cardinals. And they have a lot of candidates that you'd want to watch. I think that obviously like a really good candidate here is Paul Goldschmidt. I just won the MVP award, but I kind of went with his uh, reciprocal and Nolan Arenado. Uh, I think that Arenado just had an MVP candidate year. We finished second overall. I think he's going to do it again. His defense is flashy. His bat is good. And he's fun to watch, even though I hate him because he was a Rocky for so long. That's fair. Um, I mean, I, I think you kind of have to watch Paul Goldschmidt coming off of his MVP type year and Nolan Arenado coming off of his second place MVP type year. But for me, I think the true X factor for this Cardinals team is going to be Wilson Contreras. Went out, just signed him the heir apparent to Yadier Molina. Um, hopefully he can help push this team over the hump because Yadier Molina didn't play anything crazy last year. Again, he was older and retiring at the end of the season. So Wilson Trez is definitely a step up from Yadier Molina last season. 
And I think he can really push this Cardinals team over the edge and possibly make a World Series run. I, I agree with both of those. I mean, there's not there's not many places you can go wrong. I think I want to see a 2021 season again from Tyler O'Neill. I mean, obviously his most recent season was full of injury, um, was not that good. Um, and if he can go back to what he was uh, only a year ago now, um, you're looking at a player that's going to hit 30 home runs, steal a bunch of bases. I mean, this this is another guy in a 30-30 club that could be threatening that spot. Yeah, I think Tyler O'Neill is really fun to watch. And just when he has an effortless swing and just hits the ball 400 feet casually, that's fun to watch. Like, I enjoy him. I think that he is not the most exciting player in the Cardinals. I think it's Arenado. But he has potential to be. I think he's ridiculously volatile. I think that's his issue. I think he has a ridiculously high ceiling. And as we saw, a ridiculously low floor. And he could hit either one of those just as easily. Um, I went with Corbin Burns for the... Milwaukee Brewers. I love watching the pitch. He's he might be the best pure pitcher in baseball right now. I think there's a fair argument for that. I think if you look consistently across the league, oh, it's only been two years, but I think even going into next year, I'd take Corbin Burns on any given day. All right. I, I like that pick. I kind of debated going over him and I debated going with Devin Williams as well. But I went with Wilson Contreras' brother, William Contreras. They went out, traded their number eight prospect, Eshwari Ruiz, for him, um, kind of went out, and they, I think they, that was really the only guy they gave up in that three-team deal. But it's a position that they desperately needed, um, and it, it, he needs to take a step forward, um, and hopefully he can help this Brewers, Brewers offense that I think they need a lot of help offensively, and I think he's the piece that will – help them the most in that and i think i'm gonna really like that brother rivalry that'll happen every time the cardinals and brewers play yeah i went with devin williams that was the second pick i mean yeah. devin williams i just like watching him pitch his pitch arsenal is crazy he got the cutter and change up i mean i love the change up i've never seen a pitcher throw it like him um and it's just fun to watch i like watching devin williams highlights i like watching him come into the games and now that josh Hader is gone um, he is in the forefront of that bullpen. He is the closer. So I, I, I'm going to see him a lot this season. Yeah. And so like the team that's the most, like, what is this in this division is the Cubs, right? Like it, it's so hard to get a grasp on them. Cause like the lineup's okay. It would have been a lot better if they had a certain Wilson Contreras in it. Um, but it just feels like a bunch of reclamation projects and Dansby Swanson. Like, I think that the pitching side has to be a lot better for them. And their biggest acquisition on the pitching side was Jamison Tyone. I really wanted him on the Dodgers. Uh, so I, I'll watch to see if he's successful with the Cubs because he could have been a lot more successful in L.A. Uh, that's fair. I went with another project player and Cody Bellinger. Um, I almost went with Dansby because he's kind of the new face of the franchise for this Chicago Cubs organization. Um, but if Cody Bellinger can have that resurgence in this in a new place to kind of extend his career, because he, he is running out of time, I would say if he doesn't play perform well on the Cubs, then I don't really know where he can go. Um, but if he does perform well, it's a possible trade asset for the Cubs. They can get prospects for him. He is projected to play slightly better than his 2022 year. But again, take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, and this is a guy that has reached the floor. I don't know how much worse he can get. Um, 
I like Cody Bellinger for my pick. I'm going to be watching him a lot this season just to see if he can have some sort of resurgence. I mean, his peak was crazy. Um, but a player that I don't want people to forget is Ian Happ. I mean, obviously, um, I think the Cubs are working on extending him right now, but um, they did avoid arbitration. He's on the team. He is going to be someone that's overshadowed by all the other players on this team, um, mainly just Dansby Swanson. But he is someone that could sneakily be the best player on this team. I mean, he has been for a couple of years. Yeah. Like once yeah, they once I, they did the big sell, like it it's been him. Um, I think the Cubs they have a chance. Like obviously they're not gonna be able to be, be able to play the Pirates and Reds as much as normal, uh. So they're not gonna have those wins to steal anymore. But they could beat up on bad teams and somehow sneak into an 82-83 win season. Yeah. Um, I think the Pirates are better than people are giving them credit for. I don't think they're a good team by any means. I don't think. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're an 81 team. I, don't, I barely think they're a 75 win team, but they're, they're, they could get there. And I think that's the first time we can say that in a couple of years. I think a big piece of that happening though is O'Neill Cruz. And I think that's hard to disagree with because he's got the average exit velocity. He's got the arm strength. He's got the speed. He's a five tool player without a good glove or contact. So three tools, but <laughs> what are you going to say? Stems? Uh, my question is, do you think they're better or worse than the Reds? A hundred percent, they're better than the Reds. Okay, yeah, they're they're, the all Reds. the Reds have is pitching. That's okay. it. Tom, what do you say on this? I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. I'm I just... think a lot of people are going to be watching Brian Reynolds just because obviously he's going to be traded probably, and if they don't trade him, then they're clearly working on something. And this team is a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, but I just like watching Brian Reynolds. I mean, every time I watch this guy play, I've watched. I've watched like, I think like seven or eight Brian Reynolds games, like fully through. And in, in two of those games, he has hit three home runs against my own team. Um, so it, it's, he's a very good player and he performs well when I watch him. So this is a guy that I always turn my TV on for now. Um, and he's very entertaining to watch. I mean, we know the Giants will miss out on him, so it's okay. Not funny. Didn't laugh. Not funny. Nope. So I went a little bit of a different route. I went with Andrew McCutcheon. Um, he just signed recently with the Pirates, and I kind of feel as if this is going to be his last hurrah and he's going to retire at the end of the season um, in Pittsburgh, kind of where, again, where it all started. He kind of posted that um, on his Twitter. He posted him in front of all of his accolades, and he was like back back where it all started and whatever. Um, he's still he's still a serviceable player, and it, it's very fun to watch. Um, <laughs> such a great career come to an end. Um, and I just overall, I'm, I just, I love, I love, I've loved watching Andrew McCutcheon through all of his stints from when he was with Pittsburgh the first time to when he was, uh, in, in San Francisco and then the Yankees and then Philly. And he, I didn't really watch him as much as a brewer because the brewers suck, but overall, I think watching him and his career back to where it all started is really, is going to be really fun to watch. So the Cincinnati Reds have a plethora of prospects. Uh, I don't know how many of them are going to be up on the major league level this year. I know one I'm really excited for is Nick Lodolo. I think that he has, he's in a primed position for a breakout season. I don't think we're talking anything to Cy Young caliber, but I think he's a very good candidate um, for a breakout. I think the Reds are a team that desperately needs starting pitching and he could be fun. I, I definitely agree. I went, I went a little bit of a different route. Um, I went with um, Noel V. Marte just because, um, I, I mean, it's hard to decide for this team. There, again, there's not really anyone that's up right now that I'm super duper excited for. I don't know. I don't think he'll be up 
what do you guys think? Do you think he'll be up this season? I don't think so. Uh, maybe in September. Yeah, but when he does come up, I'm definitely going to be watching his debut game, and he's probably going to be the future center, future franchise centerpiece for this team. So, obviously, he's my pick. Uh, I'm curious. I, I think Brad is a, a Hunter Green denier. Are you? Are you a Hunter Green hater? No, I just don't think they're going to fix him this next season. Yeah, I mean, he has the stuff. I like watching him. He has like he has the tools to be great. Um, I'm just not really sure. Um if they can tap into that, you know? Um, but I think next season, if you get a full season at hundred grain without any injury, I think you're going to at least see some good strikeout numbers. Yeah, I could see that. I think that I think he's going to be better. I just don't see any bit of a like full out breakout from him. Uh, I, cause he's going to have the pitching experience. I think that's obviously something that you need. And he's put out the strikeout numbers. Even last year when he wasn't great, he was still striking out a ton of batters. Um, I kind of that wraps up our NL mid. Um, again, kind of another mid division. The other, the other central is two, and then we go to the West, where there's like two contending teams, two teams contending for third, and the Colorado Rockies. For the Rockies, <laughs> I put Ezekiel Tovar. Uh, we talked about him last up or a couple episodes ago on our rookie draft. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. He's at worst going to play really good defense. And we all know if you can put the ball in play in Colorado, you can make things happen. So maybe there's something that'll happen there. I think we might be, I think we might be unanimous on this one. I think Ezekiel Tovar is the only really ray of sunshine on this team. Um, he's a very highly rated prospect. I think he's going to be something good, um, but there's just not much else on that team. So I think a lot of people will just be watching the Rockies just for Ezekiel Tovar next season. Yeah, I, I, I again yeah it was a clean sweep across the board he does have pretty big shoes to fill as the shortstops in Colorado have been good for the past like what two decades Troy Tulowitzki Trevor Story like those are two very very good players and two big shoes to fill but I think that Chris Bryant can hopefully help him on that side of the field and I definitely think we could see see we at least need to see flashes of him this season yeah um, and then we're going to go to the the team in this division. Uh, the team that signed Aaron Judge and Carlos. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. Uh, the Giants. Three-time World Series champions. How many last... times in the past 10 years? Yep. Nope. Yeah. Uh, one. Yeah. Zero. Which is the same as you guys. Zero now. Yeah, but you talk about it like you're a dynasty, which you're not in the past 10 years. We were a dynasty. Were. How many of those players are still on your team? Because I don't think the guys yeah, I care about on them or care about for them or on this team anymore. I went with Ross Stripling because I like him. He's a nice man. He's a former Dodger. And I feel bad that he's going to be stuck in a former, in a poo-poo spot like San Francisco. Uh, allow me to correct you. San Francisco is not a poo-poo spot. Um, it is a destination for very successful athletes. And it has one of the- Like greatest. Aaron Judge? Um, you know, he made, the, he, made, he made the wrong decision. Correa was a red flag. In Carlos this guy, this guy will not be playing. That was a mistake. Well- so Carlos <laughs> Rodon, on the other hand, that's someone that you but really – He decided to leave. He made the conscious decision to leave your organization. Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Juan he, Soto, not, Kyle okay. Schwarber, Harper, <laughs> Max Harper Scherzer. They, they all got traded. It is a, hard, it is a tough time to – and we're on fire. Okay. <laughs> um, obviously, as a Giants fan, I'm going to be watching a lot of these players. I mean, I'm going to be watching the whole team. Um, but the players I'm most excited for are Camilo Duvall, who is going to blossom into a top five reliever in the next year. Sean Manaya, who at times in his career has shown very good flashes. 
um, which I honestly think have a good chance. Uh, I, I have a good chance of coming back to, I think Sean Mania has a lot of potential to come back and be the pitcher that he used to be on the A's. Um, and especially with our pitching staff, I think we had the opportunity to do that. Um, Logan Webb, obviously, uh, consistently good. Uh, and then we got the young guys coming up, Marco Luciano. I don't know if Luis Matos is coming up or Kyle Harrison, but um, those guys are up for their future. Um, and then you got the new acquisitions, the really good acquisitions, Mitch Hanniger, um, you know, and, and Michael Conforto. You know, we got we got some players. We made moves. And we also got Tyler Rogers, Taylor, Rod, Ty, Taylor and Tyler. Yeah. I I could okay so I'm gonna be 100 percent honest I could see a world where this Giants team does surprise us, but I don't think that's going to happen not at all. Um, I agree with Sean Manaya. I really didn't like anybody on this team. Like I'm not excited to watch the Giants this year. Like not even in the slightest. But Sean Manaya is a project player that they can work on, kind of like Carlos Rodon. Hopefully he can come in, do well on the Giants, and then leave which is exactly what Carlos Rodon did. So I expect the same from Sean Manaya if if they can help him fix his mechanical issues. Yeah. And then moving on to the most exciting potential breakout team is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I'm going with my guy, Zach Allen. I, all of 2021, I was like, this guy's going to be a stud. He obviously was injured that year. And then what does he do this year? He comes out and finishes top five NL Cy Young voting. I wouldn't be shocked if he wins it next year. Commands the strike zone and... If he is an ace that he is supposed to be, he could help the Diamondbacks bring a lot of success. I think they're going to be relying on him pretty heavily, and I, I also went with Zach Allen as well. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. I mean, he's supposed to be the he's he is now projected to be one of the top five Cy Young getters. I think next season. Um, so he obviously has a spotlight on him, but he has shown that he has been very good when he's healthy. So I think that Zach Allen obviously is that guy. Um, there's a couple other players you could pick, Corbin Carroll being one of them, but I know Stevs, you had a different one. What did you have? So I went with Kyle Lewis. Tom and I both really like this guy. I, I think we both want to see him play well. And it's we like baseball's better when Kyle Lewis is good, I would say. And I think the, the Diamondbacks will be better if Kyle Lewis is good. He needs a healthy season, obviously. That the his health in question will be the deciding factor on whether he's good or not. He is currently projected not to start via fan graphs. He has Jake McCarthy, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and Corbo Ca- Corbin Carroll in front of him in the outfield. Um, I, but I can definitely see a way that he makes he makes it into this starting lineup, and I think he will be a very good player for this young Diamondbacks team. I think that the Kyle Lewis trade is a really good trade for them. I don't want it. has a lot of upside. Um, another trade that happened was the Padres getting Juan Soto. Yes. By Stev's statistics, Juan Soto didn't have a great year last year by his standards. Uh, but everything okay, no. everything under the hood pointed to the fact that Juan Soto was very, very good. He just got very unlucky. Uh, I think Juan Soto is a NL MVP front runner this year, and he's always fun to watch. He's going to put up a good at-bat. He's going to shuffle, piss off Verlander, homer into the upper deck. And there's no reason he can't do that in San Diego. So, okay, so... Brad's reading off my note sheet. No, I'm reading off mine. Okay, no, but you said by Steph's <laughs> metrics. You said by Steph's metrics. So like Steph's yeah. metrics. So batting average. Every time, every time we talk about Juan Soto, like Tom talked to we we when was when was the last time we talked about Juan Soto? We talked about him like three episodes ago, I want to say. Yeah. 
Um, well, two episodes was the the rookie draft, so it was three episodes ago. Um, but the the thing with Soto is is we keep saying, oh, we expect him to to play better than this. Like he can play better. It's it's a down year for Soto in comparison to what he can do. At what point do we say his unlucky streaks and stuff like that are are unlucky and it, that's just how he's he's playing like his 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 because his big thing last year was launch angle and stuff like that right I, i'm not saying he has played bad 2019 was his breakout year 2020 we had a small sample size but he proved that he could play very very well 2021 was a very good season um but we say he underperformed for soto and then 2022 he just completely underperformed but that was primarily due to the trade and managerial decisions and 2021, he had a very good season. I'm not discrediting anything he did in 2021. He was second in MVP voting. But I think we all want him to play better than just a very, very good player. We want him to be this once-in-a-generational talent that he can be. And I and I think Juan Soto will do that. I'm not saying he's not going to do that. But I'm just saying, at what point does Juan Soto keep having these underperforming years and he and and, and we just keep letting him get away with it? I mean, I can't say I can't say years because 2022 was the first uh, down year we had, and that obviously under the hood, like Brad said, was due to some mechanical issues. And those mechanical issues, keep in mind, this guy is playing baseball every single day. He's traveling everywhere. Making in-season adjustments is more difficult than making off-season adjustments. A lot you see a lot of players that struggle for one season. That's why we call them down seasons because usually. They can make that adjustment over these long periods of time. It's much harder to make adjustments when you play baseball every day or every other day. I mean, this guy's flying across the country, playing three games, flying across the country, playing another three games. Keep in mind, he's also with all this buzz around him being the goat and, you know, getting the biggest contract of all time. It probably got into his head. Um, so there's a lot going on for him there. And that still proved to not show any regression for his under the hood stats, like Brad mentioned. Um, so I think if he can, you know, find that calmness and kind of like, I mean, get back down and fix those mechanical issues because he has the time to, I, I think he's going to be just fine. I, I, I'm, by, and by just fine, I mean, he's going to be great. He's going to be very good again. Yeah. I want Soto is in the 99th percentile for expected Woba last year. He underperformed it by 25 points, which was still in the top 4% of the league. Juan Soto is very, very good at baseball. Let's not discredit him by any means. I'm not. I'm just making sure. And I obviously we're gonna hop to the best in the West now. We got the Dodgers. And Tom, how's the Giants turn again? Oh my god. No, uh I think uh, we all know that the Padres are the favorites here, yeah, but let's go are. to the second place. Um the Dodgers are in a time of transition. They're kind of just doing a retool right now, which I'm happy, happy with. I want them to try something different because obviously nothing else is working. And I think a biggest the biggest piece of this retool is a guy that's already been up and it's Gavin Lux. I think he has to do it this year or else they're going to enter the free agent market for for shortstops or enter the trade market and he's probably going to be the one that goes back in the trade. Yeah, and is is Julio Urias is he a um is he a free agent this upcoming season? Yeah. So this is a guy in his contract year. I think he has something to prove. I think he hasn't reached that peak yet. And I think he will make the bigger step up. I mean, even though this guy literally finished like what top five in Cy Young, top six. Um, 
I think he has more to go. And I think that in a contract season where he needs it the most, I think he's going to try even harder. I, I'm going to go with the exact opposite of a pitcher, and that's the catcher. I'm going to go with Will Smith. I think he's already a top three catcher in the league, and I think he has the ability by season's end to be the best catcher in baseball. I think it's going to be him or Adley by the end of the season. And I am excited to see him in a roster full of stars become one of the best. Yeah, I think I, I'd, I'd be fine if he did that. I'd be perfectly content if he did that. Um, again, there's so many players that you can be excited about. Every team has someone or something. Even if you think a team's going to be bad, like the Athletics or the Rockies, there's still some glimmer of hope or some players that you could tune in to watch. Thank you all for listening to the 4A Podcast. We'll be back on Friday with a new episode. If you want to interact with us at all, you can find us on Twitter, TikTok, and we also upload some shorts from our episodes. Uh, there's a couple plunders in this one that you'll be able to find on our YouTube page. All social media links are down below. If you've enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating or a review, or if you have any suggestions, please share this with a friend. We will see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace.